The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Now large crowds, sorry. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other half is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, welcome back to what some, I think, have appropriately called the real start of the year. Um, I hope you have all had a wonderful summer and that you are transitioning uh, into the fall uh, in a way that is uh, not too traumatic for you. Um, This morning... What I'd like to reflect on uh, is what we did on our summer vacation. And by we, I mean we, all of us. I want to talk a little bit about the way this congregation has continued to live out its mission statement to reach out, to proclaim, to inspire, how we have expanded God's love in the world, how we, we have been a blessing to those in need. I want to do that, though, with an eye towards a theme that I want to lift up for the next few weeks, which is the theme of invitation. Uh, This is a theme that the staff has been sitting with for a while. It's a reminder that as a congregation, as God's people, we are always uh, being called and challenged to invite more people into God's kingdom, into the embrace of God's love here in this place. Uh, It is no coincidence, uh, therefore, that the most recent issue of our magazine, Inspire, uh, the theme is invitation. If you've not yet received this, by the way, or if you're a visitor or guest today and you'd like to get a copy, um, they are available at the welcome counter. As Lutherans, there is much that we are uh, right to be, we're not known as a prideful people, but I would say there's much that we can be proud of. There's much that we can celebrate about our tradition. That said, if someone were to define a Lutheran, I'm not sure that muscular evangelism would come up in the top three or four attributes of Lutherans. What's the, the, the line, uh, what do you get when you cross a Jehovah's Witness with a Lutheran? Someone who knocks on your door and who doesn't say anything. At the last service, someone applauded that, by the way. (laughs) There is something to be said for our sort of reticence on that front. However, I do think we can exercise those muscles of invitation a little bit more. Now, I want to be clear, though. When I talk about invitation, I am absolutely not talking about 
pressure, okay? Nor am I talking about some five or seven step evangelism program. I don't think that's the way the gospel works. I don't think pressure has any place in the life of the church, so I never want you to feel that pressure for me, and I certainly wouldn't want other people who you may invite to feel pressure from you. I'm trying to explore here, or we are as a church trying to explore, what does invitation look like that happens more naturally, uh, more organically, which is why I want to start this week by celebrating some of the ways we make a profound difference in the world. And I'm taking my cue here in part from a line from that letter to Philemon. Um, Paul's letter to Philemon is the shortest of Paul's letter in the New Testament. It's only 335 words in the original Greek. Uh, In your pew Bibles, I think it takes up less than a single page, and it deserves far more attention than I'm going to give it this morning. But the line from that letter that leapt out for me this week, it's actually printed at the top of your bulletin, is this. This is from Paul to a gentleman named Philemon, and here's what Paul says. I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective when you perceive all the good that we may do for Christ. And that lines up precisely with my theme for this week. My prayer for us is that the sharing of our faith may become more effective when we perceive all the good that we do for Christ here in this place. And before I get to our little um, list of what we did on our summer vacation, a final word related to that has to do with this poster up here on the easel. I realize some of you can't read it. I apologize. Um, For those of you who may be able to see it, you'll see the three big words on it are goodness, truth, and beauty. Those are important, significant words, not only in the Christian tradition, but in Western civilization broadly. The quote on this poster, which has those words leaping out from it, is, if you look after goodness and truth, beauty will take care of itself. And this, by the way, this is a poster that has hung in my office for a long time. And as I was reflecting on the trajectory of these messages for the next few weeks, it struck me that this is kind of a nice visual shorthand for these messages, right? So this week I want to talk about, again, the goodness, genuinely the goodness that we accomplish in the world. Next week we're going to talk a little bit about the truth that we share in this place, the truth about ourselves, the truth about God, the truth about the world we live in. And my contention is that when we lift up the goodness and truth of this place, then in the, in the poster it says beauty follows. I'm going to suggest that invitation follows more naturally uh, and more organically. So again, this is here just sort of as a visual cue, a visual shorthand for kind of the path that we're going on. So again, I do want to share um, some of what we did on our summer vacation. Um, And I want to just, before I do, again, I, I mentioned Lutherans among our traits. We're not known as being a prideful or proud people. And so I share these things not in order to sort of beat our collective chest or to say, look at how great we are. I share these things, again, as a reminder to all of us of the genuine good that we accomplish in the world in God's name. So, for example, when I reflect on the last few months, I think about Vacation Bible School, when our young people came to church, as they always do, filled with joy and energy to learn about how Jesus loves them. 
I also think during Vacation Bible School about how some of our older children, uh, particularly our senior hires, uh, have opportunities at moments like that to exercise their leadership skills, which is something we are working much more intentionally on right now to give our senior high particularly opportunities to lead. I think about, speaking of senior high, I think about the mission trip they took to Denver, which was filled with all kinds of blessings, but one of the most poignant things they talked about when they came back from Denver was how one of them, along with one of our chaperones, was able to sit and pray with a homeless person, something that does not happen uh, every day in their life. I think about the ways that we have been able to experience as small groups the glory of God's creation. So I think of trips we took to the Boundary Waters. I think of the fishing trip that Pastor uh, Mark led. I think of the camping trips that uh, Trisha led. I think of we, we Can Help Wednesdays when our young people were able to refill um, food shelves. I think about how we have shared the gift of music with the community here in the sanctuary. Uh, we've never done this before, but during July we had noon organ recitals that were very well attended. We also, every, every uh, couple of months, have a beer and hymns sing boldly down in Wyzetta. I think about the ways that we have shared our resources with important ministries in the area. So for example, Gethsemane Lutheran in North Minneapolis, we donated um, uh, lawn mowers to so that some of the young people in that neighborhood can earn some money by mowing lawns and learn the soft skills of running a small business. I think about uh, supporting the bilingual um, Lutheran ministry called Tapestry down in Richfield in South Minneapolis that we've been able to walk alongside over the last few years. I think about a Lutheran campus ministry at the University of Minnesota. Many of us are proud graduates of the wonderful Lutheran institutions of higher education that we have in our region, but it will not surprise you that the largest number of Lutheran students at any college or university in Minnesota is at the University of Minnesota. Uh, and the woman who is the pastor heading up that ministry there does an amazing job. Um, sharing the gospel in, in an environment that is uh, sometimes difficult and challenging. I think about the school supplies that we've shared with interfaith outreach or with children in the Phillips neighborhood. I absolutely think of the work that we continue to do in Haiti. Uh, we'll talk more about that another time. But remember that through that work, hundreds and hundreds of young people are able to go to school. Uh, thanks to you. I think of the growing AA group here, the SOS group, a Sanctuary of Survivors group uh, that Pastor Valerie leads that's focused on the particular uh, and profound grief that people experience um, when they suffer loss of, uh, or death by suicide. I think about uh, our wonderful lay visitation people who visit individuals who are hospitalized or who are homebound. I think about all of the wonderful baptisms and weddings and funerals that we've been privileged to celebrate um, this summer. And I think also about the countless ways that this congregation assists individuals who come to us week in and week out with issues related to emotional challenges uh, or financial challenges. We can't talk about those publicly, but I promise you that every single week we are impacting lives for the better. I could go on and on and on. But I share all of these with you, which is just a short list to remind you of the amazing power for good that happens in this area, and I will say even around the world, because of you. And so this morning, I say very clearly and very directly to each and every one of you, thank you 
thank you, thank you. And I also remind you that in our world today, maybe more than ever, people are, are desperate for meaning and significance and purpose. And because of the good that we accomplish here, this is one place where those things can be found. All those people are waiting for to become part of this family is an invitation from you. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, we thank you for calling us together as your sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters of one another. We thank you for sending us out from this place to share your love with a hurting world. We pray that as you do that, you would also give us the courage and the conviction for, to look for opportunities to invite others into the wonderful love that we share here. In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.